Okay. Okay. So uh, tell us a little about yourself, Jen. Well, where do I start? Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I think the reason why I am who I am is because of my older brother, growing up with an older brother. So you have that someone that's going to challenge you and play all the things that girls really don't do. So I thought to myself, um, you know, watching old WWF wrestling with like Ultimate Warrior, um, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, and having wrestling buddies, I think the reason why I'm so tough is because of my brother just roughhousing, just playing baseball, just kind of doing some of that stuff. But um, the real core, I guess, of who I am, I've been a discus thrower, uh, a state champion, high school a record holder, and both the shot put and the discus. And, um, you know, I, I just purely did it for fun and um, ended up, you know, having a college scholarship. I went to Portland State first and then Boise State University. And um, after that, just transitioned into more strength sports. Um, I had a friend, Al Gano, that introduced me to powerlifting. And that was through the Wobdell Association. That was the World Association of Bench Pressers and Deadlifters. Mm -hmm. And that's still founded by Gus Rethwish, who he was buzzsaw from um, The Running Man. Oh, so okay. that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. I got to meet him. And I actually, I said, could you please send me an autographed picture? It's one of my favorite movies. And uh, yeah, he did that. And then um, I, I've kind of across, I then transitioned again. Um, my husband was in the southeast of England, currently where we're at, and um, had a friend, and he introduced me to international all-around weightlifting, the UK chapter. And um, if it had its own internet meme, it would be how to make weightlifting awkward since like the 1800s. It's the um, Arthur Saxon type lifts. Um, you know, it's just people hanging about doing, well, can you do this? It's thumbs together, bench press. It's just kind of some awkward lifts. And um, then happened to have the chance to do Strong Woman back in 2010. And um, second in the UKs at the time. And so it was just kind of random. It, it was it like a camping type of place that, it's that's where it all kind of started um developed into strong woman and then the last few years got into grip spore and then also doing some truck pulling so that's kind of just this whole if it's there just do it <laughs> yeah absolutely that's awesome yeah. how is uh the support for strong women over in england i've heard that that's the spot to be for strong women it holy cow i mean within the last just 10 years it's exploded and you know it's like my friend uh, my friend meg austin i just you know she went to the arnold's with me at the time in, in 2010 um it's andrea thompson it's donna moore I, absolutely it's just all of a sudden it, it's just there i i think with um explosive ape and i think it's those type of brands that have supported and said yeah women can do this go for it um and then also last year, Andrea Thompson got myself and Lorna uh, Payton all together. We, we helped um, 
UK's strongest woman. I, I ran the microphone. That was like my third competition to do it. So when you pull people together to say, hey, are you willing to help? Absolutely. We just kind of bound together. And I think for just to show everybody that it doesn't matter if you're a little bit older from the sport, that it's like we're willing to contribute and help out. So it's just nice having that base that, um, yeah, just going for it. Or at the time, there was one competition that um, Will Baggett, um, Rob Frampton, those guys all came together because there was another charity strong woman competition, ran the competition, and then ran the microphone there because that was from Kat Bartlett and she was under 63 um, England's strongest woman at the time. So it's that networking that comes yeah, together absolutely. that said, hey, do you want to do that? And absolutely. First time running it, I was a little nervous, but then I just thought, no, I'm doing this for a friend, step up to the challenge. And I've done it two more times since. So it's just having that confidence who said, okay, got that first one out of the way. Let's just do it and have more fun. So is Will Baggett as fun in real life as he is on TV? Oh, hell yes. Yeah, no, he's great. And that's where he even said it. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, we went to this strong woman competition, or I'm sorry, so it was a strong man competition in Finland. And he had, it seemed like almost like a stag do or like a bachelor kind of party that he had all of his friends there. And he said, dude, keep your attitude up. He said, because my friends love it and they'll keep cheering you on. So I just was just crazy in Finland, did the same thing, did a few barrel rolls and yeah, I, you know, you just have to get, I think it goes back to that WWF atmosphere again, that um, you got to have fun and get the crowd to kind of like you and cheer hard and, and just to have fun. So no, Will is great. And I think that's where helping at that competition that somebody else that likes to have fun and totally not stuck up on themselves that makes that atmosphere just grow and be electri electrifying absolutely yeah he's one of the most fun guys to watch on tv for sure he's a yeah no man. you're absolutely he's he's just great and then i think he's a dad of three kids and so i think you have to as a dad and having those kids around that you have to just have have fun all the time that's awesome so we actually did get a fan question from somebody local here in Oregon. Okay. They wanted to know specifically how did your discus translate into strong women sports? How did rowing translate into strong sports strength? Um, absolutely. It's that background of Olympic lifting. If you have any of that, oh man, I think the just like we kind of call it the pathways. My friends and I would joke about that. Um, that it just comes to life, or it's just. Any kid that was growing up pushing lawnmowers, I think it's that static strength that just comes into it. That mm -hmm. if you've done some yard work, oh man, just absolutely. Um, even with some of the belt cleans, at the time, like in 2014, Rob McGee and I, we were weightlifting in like a storage unit, and it's the same thing. It's having that just the hip drive. Um, it was Mike Conroy that was um, coaching the US weightlifting team. And he's based out of Meridian, Idaho. And he said that it's just that base of the hip drive to um, move those weights. And if you feel comfortable with that, I just the world's your oyster in the strength sports atmosphere, I think. Okay, good tip. Yep. So um, what motivates you to compete in strength sports or to compete in general? Um, God, to compete in general, I think it just makes you feel alive. Um, 
I'm really grateful for um, my kind of Austrian German kind of crew at the moment, um, pa uh, Patsy Luxner and um, Circo Peterman, that they're, they put some little competitions online. Hey, do this, you know, do that. So when I'm in my little shed, they, it kind of gives me that motivation to, you know, go and do that. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to compete in the US, uh, the USA arm lifting championships last year, but the coronavirus, that was null and void. Um, you're gonna laugh, I was on maternity leave last year. Okay. And so I was driving up to London um, once a week to meet with my coach, Rob Blair, at the Commando Temple. And I brought my little guy with me. Um, didn't matter, especially the first few months, how to do a little bit of breastfeeding and then, you know, let him kind of settle down, did our workout and kind of the end of it, have another session, of, uh, just feed my son and get back to it. I think it's just making sure that, you just have these life experiences. And um, I also think if you're not competing or training, then you get little injuries no matter what. So I just feel like you're gonna go to the grave with injuries or niggles that you might as well have fun doing it. Yeah. So I just think that's what keeps me going really is that and especially some of the traveling, like um, one of my favorite competitions ever was at Bone Hill. Um, that's a grip competition in Finland. So I think it's just the travel, uh, the aspect, plus kind of the post-competition, either just have a few beverages, dinner with people, and, and just talk about training. That's pretty fun, just interfacing with other people. And I hope that happens again, you know, post-coronavirus pandemic, that um, just to hang out with people again. So I, it's just... It's good to have that competition and yeah, just keep your body moving. And I think, you know, movement is medicine, essentially. Oh, I agree 100%. That's why we tell everybody to keep moving at the end of our posts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have a, a contest coming up in July. So we're pretty stoked to get people excited about something right after the corona because things are starting to even out here in Washington. We're starting to move into our next phase. So it's looking pretty good. Now, I, yeah. and I'm glad to hear that. I just spoke to somebody on the phone just within Idaho, and it sounds like, oh, I think it just goes back to population density. If there's, you know, not a lot of people, you can go for it. And Finland seemed to be doing okay, and then now Scandinavia is shutting again, so it's that second or third wave. Yeah, absolutely. I like that point you made. Uh, I would rather definitely be an old person that was injured and capable rather than an old person that was injured and incapable. Yes. And the other thing is, um, I've had tendonitis issues since probably who oh, starting 13 and that was basketball that was doing, um, ladders or suicides going back and forth. So I had Achilles tendonitis problems. Um, I remember getting my first, um, cortisone injection when I was 13 in, in my heel. And I think it's understanding how to control your symptoms. So it was taking those anti-inflammatories before the basketball practice. Um, then also I kind of had a, another little, I think it was post-tib post tendonitis. So it was, you know, then getting arch supports for your basketball shoes, volleyball shoes. Um, yeah, I, I've just had my fair share of just little tendonitis issues it, it sucks and I've gone through either acupuncture um, 
also a little bit of uh, Reiki healing. It's, mm -hmm. you know, alternate, seems like a little voodoo, but it, it works. <laughs> it's the blood flowing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, you just have to be open towards any alternative therapy that works for you. But um, no, I, I even dealt with it the other day, uh, just my left elbow, and I ended up doing just some kind of like kettlebell twists, and it felt fine. So I think it just goes back to having an appropriate warm up. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree 100%. Yeah, I have a thoracic spine arthritis, and hmm. when I started lifting um, a year ago, I got up to like 255 on squat, and then had yeah. to take a week and a half off, and that's pounds, not kilos. Right. Uh, and... I had to take a week off after that and sort of trying to feel my body and get like in a good position and find things right and sort of build up everything around it. And then now I go back into squat and I can do 340 and it's not too much of a problem. So it's good. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. It's just paying attention to your body. That's a huge thing. Work, working around it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And yeah, I think, yeah. And so I think if people, exercises. yeah. And I think if people realize that, you know, that everybody has their setbacks and, if you, if you don't give up, I think that's when you're ultimately the winner, just as yourself that you're saying, okay, what can we do to build around it and, you know, and get through it? Yeah. We're not all Magnus for Magnuson. His whole have no weaknesses. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we are human uh, for sure. Greatest, greatest advice ever. Just, you know, just go out there and be good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, what do you consider your best athletic achievement? Um, so as we, as we talked about earlier, um, so 2015 international all round weightlifting championships. Um, I love those days because it's over two days and seven events. It's almost like doing, uh, yeah, how do you say it? Just almost like a strong woman, a, co a competition, but it's a little bit more static with the different events. You know, it's kind of a, you, you have when you're going to go for flights and then you have a little bit of rest time but it's just nice to have seven different events of those disciplines and lifts and on the background of that um i actually lost like 15 kilos from that time period i, I wanted to just somehow i kept on getting recurring kidney infections for uh, like the last four years i don't know what it was so I worked with a nutritionist and he said, well, I need you to lose a little bit of weight. And again, the motivating factor, I thought, well, what if I focus on losing a little bit of weight? And I thought, why don't I compete at 95 kilos in the weight category? So I lose a little bit of weight and um, keep my nutrition in check and hopefully not have these recurring kidney infections. So again, that little motivation to have a, com a competition to make sure I it, I did that. So um, it was really good and knock on wood, I have not had any kidney infection since. It's just controlling your symptoms again. It's um, not eating like a, you know, a garbage can, <laughs> so to speak. It's keeping your sugar levels in check, making sure it's like having the kefirs, those um, high pro, uh, pro, probiotic foods in your diet. So, and then water, it's just one of those things that, um, yeah, I, you just have to keep track that your body's telling you something. If something keeps happening and it's not great, that you just have to keep it in, in check. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, so that, that competition, it, just those seven events, 
and I have a YouTube video. One of them was a straddle deadlift because that weekend I needed to make sure that I weighed it 95 kilos. I think I had like some fish salad grapes the night before, um, had a little bit of a breakfast and I did get the, the lift, the straddle deadlift and it was 165 kilos. I was really happy that it was nearly one and three quarters times my own body weight, but I pass out in the middle of the lift and my head hits the back, uh, my head hits one of the weights. And at first, one of um, England's uh, strong women, Chloe Brennan says to me, she was like, Jen, we all thought you were like doing a shimmy, like kind of doing this post like congratulatory lift and no I, I passed out and I had no idea and then um just somebody asked they were like are you pregnant and I said no I'm not just I think I was just really fasting so much to make sure to make that 95 kilo weight limits for the weekend but um just goes to show you sometimes that you know I can be a little bit hardcore when I have a goal in mind <laughs> yeah, absolutely that's, that's pretty hardcore right there uh, yeah so I Definitely that. Um, and again, the Arnold Strongwoman, I had no idea that was ever going to happen. If somebody asked me, you know, in high school, oh, what's your biggest, uh, you know, thing, it, I guess, uh, uh, academic, or excuse me, uh, athletic competition, I just uh, would have probably told you NCAA track, you know, but to just say Strongwoman just seemed really foreign. And um, no, I'm really glad. I, I had a 500 pound yoke on my back and completed that. So going to the Arnold's, that was great. And then also seeing Arnold himself in person and probably 10 feet away from me. It, it just, why not? You're starstruck a little bit. Um, and then I would say last year, uh, going to the Arnold's for the row for the anvil lift, that was pretty cool. Just, um, yeah, my husband laughed and he said, oh, I liked this Arnold's a little bit better because there was less people around. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but now it just almost felt like a country fair, almost like a um, high school basketball game. Just there was still a little bit of a crowd, but not as much that there would have been at a, at a typical Arnold's. Yeah, I heard some cool stories about this past Arnold in that regard. A couple of people just were able to show up and, you know, do their thing. That's pretty neat. Yeah. 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 No, it, it absolutely was. So, um, that, and then also my little guy, um, Owen was with me. I had at the time, or he was nine months at the time. And just my son is a great traveler. Just who would have thought. And um, it's great. I also went to Finland as well with them. So, you know, I think if you show your kids that, yeah, there's traveling and if you're willing to be cool with it and make sure that they take a little bit of, you know, either ibuprofen before a plane ride, they're fine. So kids can travel. That must have been awesome being around Arnold, man. I think that guy's going to go down. I think he's going to be remembered even longer than Saxon and the guys from years past, honestly, for what he's done for weightlifting. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, you can say that again. I, and that, and you even think of an inclusive culture, the Special Olympics, if you've read his autobiography. And mm -hmm. that's what you want from people. That's what people want is inclusive and not be on this ivory tower that you can't touch me or a certain, I guess, population can only speak to you. No, he just loves to get his hands dirty and, and make a difference and have a legacy and, and just people to get people to move, kind of what you're doing in a way. So you're an ambassador to, to fitness in itself for the masses, if you want to call it that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. We felt that uh, a lot of the grip competitions require you to be at least a few years trained into grip and pretty monstrous to even like step up to them. And we decided to introduce it to where the OCR people can get involved, other people can get involved and build their grip up. And we've already had a gal set a world record here. So I mean, it's pretty cool. Absolutely. And I, I'm just glad that it, within the last few years of women to get, I guess, more pronounced to get involved in sports, it definitely from you know, what, 70s from Title IX to now, or you had, um, what was it, oh, Pat, I can't forget her last name, the one that was the Tennessee Volt coach. I think she was amazing. And then there was like that 1990s Cinderella season. That was really powerful to me. Just that whole documentary of how much that she loved to coach. And it showed the caliber of um, athletes underneath there. It's either you want to be there you're going to listen to Pat or it's just take the high road, you, you know, leave. If you don't like her attitude, then, then go for it. it. Cause she wanted to be there and coach champions. Yeah. We have a lot of inspiration about our, our uh, women's football team here. They've done really, really well. Fantastic. And remind me what university is that? Uh, it's just our women's soccer. It's the U.S. women's soccer team. They've done extremely Oh, so, yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant like it, like a specific university. Sorry. So, okay. So um, you mentioned you, your collapse with the weight. Would you consider that your greatest blunder or injury? Or what is your greatest blunder or injury? Jeez. Um, you, I'd say even my shoulder dislocation from 2000 it was 2003 and I again it's coach involvement sometimes if somebody would have said to me and looked at my form like hey did you have a bad night studying um you know you just look you don't look on form today I just wish somebody just would have said hey just knock the weights down a little bit and just do um just some high pulls just as a you know complimentary to your workouts and call it good because just, um, I'm lucky I didn't tear anything. And as the physical therapist said, and unfortunately this wasn't even at my university at the time, I had to go see a local physical therapist. And she said, because your flexibility in your arm from, dis from discus throwing, she said, you're the, it's the reason why I didn't tear. Yeah. So, you know, and from that, I had to red shirt one of my years and, um, God, that was three cortisone shots and then just kind of getting it back up to par and at the time when the elastic like the um, silicone bands that still hadn't come onto the market yet you had one of those like bouncy bows do you know what I'm okay, talking yeah, about yeah. yeah that that was being utilized um, and then even a lot of manual like balance those bouncy so, bows would be crazy too you know I mean now that we look back at those, we realize what is it's actually just shocking your body the whole time you're using it. It's not really yeah. anything yeah. greatly productive. So just, and then that was acupuncture at the time. And then I even, this one guy that he specialized in um, even some herbology, just, it was some nasty, it almost looked like earth, mud, kind of mixture and I was taking it to maybe block the unblock the bad chi in my body 
I, I you know, it's just, you, you don't know at the time. And as an athlete, then you kind of suffer this like little mental breakdown that you, you think, God, am I ever going to get through this again? Because, you know, shoulders are almost like the knee or hip that it's just, it's one of those that it takes a long time to recover from. Absolutely. So it just, yeah, my brother's still dealing with the shoulder issue from high school. Really? Really? So just stuff like that. I think it's just a, a lot of patience and persevering and just weight room time. And then it's ice bath time. <laughs> so it's, it's reap what you sow. And I also think at the time I wish to probably done yoga as well. Cause I think that yeah. that would have helped. Um, one thing that I would say within the last like five to six years of my training, and especially when I was doing strong women at the time that yoga was so complimentary. So I think it's having that balance of reap what you sow or even having like a martial arts Tai Chi kind of background. And even Hapsor Bjornsson, he does the same thing of, he swears by yoga. So even the, some of the strong men are saying, yeah, or back in the day, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and ballet for mm -hmm. bodybuilding. It's all those, you know, you take the rough with the smooth sometimes. Absolutely. You got to soften yourself. Jerry Rice, the best running back of all time, or best receiver of all time. He also did a lot of ballet work. Um, yeah. yeah, so my brother's injury was from banging out weights in the weight room in high school that were way heavier than he should have been lifting. And nobody right. around to obviously tell him that you can't do that because, you know, teens in high school would just bang out weights and then the, the instructor in the gym instructor will sit in the corner and, you know, go over his football plays for the next game or whatever. So um, tell me about your coaching experience. Why did you change coaches in the past? What do you think makes a good coach and not a good coach? And how have you uh, evolved your understanding of what it takes to build up a strong athlete? Wow, that's a baked potato loaded question, but um, we'll try to dissect that. Um, my my high school coach is throwing. Um, so Jim Clark, um, and, and I still talk to him this day, it, to this day. Um, you know, I, I respected him because we had like a nice weightlifting program going on. I think just he was real encompassing. You know, we did some video analysis. Um, you know, I just being a people person in tone, it's, I, I like structure. And of course there's a little bit of military background. Um, my dad was in the military and just kind of brought up in that atmosphere that yes, you need the structure and, um, yeah, just also tone. I think you, you need to definitely not just be a robot. You should do this but there's a reason why, or you kind of see it. It's just with your training and how it's complementary to throwing. At one time, it was funny. We were actually um, just doing like power throws with like five pound or 10 pound plates. And you're like, oh, I can see the transfer just because how it would attack the grip a little bit, something different. And then I think it was almost way if that you mess with the heavier weight. And then when you pick up the lighter weight, it's just gonna fly. So I think that was complimentary. When you see the illustration in your training, you're like, okay, I click, I can, I can see how that works. Um, and then Frank Room at Capitol High School, we did a lot of technical stuff. And that's where my immediate high school coach, Jim Clark, he said, Jen, absolutely go see other coaches out there because sometimes the verbiage just clicks differently. 
So he was open-minded and not egotistical to say it's my way or the highway, but on the same token to say, go explore. Cause he knew I had the potential of, um, him being a good thrower. And when I finished high school, I graduated, I was top 20 in the nation in 2002 at throwing. So I, I had the potential there. And um, just, you know, with uh, my thing at Portland State, it would have been great. I'm, I, I still talk to this coach now, Sheree Hicks. I wish things could have worked out differently, but she wanted to go back to her, to her alma mater, Almer Mater in um, Syracuse, New York. So you have to respect other people's decision in life that they wanted to be back there. And, and that's fine. And this other coach, you know, you had to kind of, you know, you just, you couldn't just say, oh, I want this other coach, the one that I understand, I signed with. You couldn't do anything because your paperwork, you were committed to that first year. And um, you just had to be patient with that person. However, in the end, it didn't work out. There was some um, ridiculing. And um, again, with that shoulder injury, in a way that was proof in the pudding that it probably wasn't a good fit on from that. So you have to cut your losses and say, okay, move on. And so at Boise States, that, you know, I'll... Um, all I'll say, it's difficult when you're a student athlete, and I was a history major at the time. It's not like I was PE or communications, that you had a lot of reading. There was times I wish I would have had a picture taken. I had one of my history books and in the cold ice bath because I just thought, I don't have, I don't have time to just not stare at the wall for 10 minutes. I, I have, you know, I, I have to study. Yeah. So... I, that's just difficult being a student athlete and it was the six o'clock in the morning and apparently if you were late you had to do just blur burpees for 10 to 15 minutes so then it was making sure to get on time and I think sometimes having that punishment of if you were five minutes late two minutes late you know the world's still gonna go on so from that punishment aspect I, I don't think that really works either it's bad enough that time crunch as a student athlete. I just, you know, I remember just my, just my minutes being zeroed in of either papers, um, schoolwork, and a plus doing my um, te teaching component to my degree that just no minute was spared, that it was lesson plans. So, you know, all these university movies of people just you know going and having parties all the time that that was <laughs> nothing compared to my lifestyle however um i'm glad to have a university athletics part of that because i think it kept me grounded that you know where that came from um so from strong woman and powerlifting and my grip coach rob blair um I just had a really good relationship. I think each each three of those there's a, there's a philosophy, there's a philosophy behind there, or maybe is an athlete and myself growing up that you understand how everybody's story is different. So my powerlifting coach, um, military veteran, and then he was a veteran powerlifter. So it proved to me that it's like okay, he's already. He's been there. He's done that, that you kind of respect your coach a little bit more. 
to say that they've they know what it takes to become a powerlifting champion or records um my strongman coach um cj swabby and from london he was doing some strongman um competitions so again somebody that was actively kind of in that world and um because of his training and i had something really consistent i just every competition i just stepped up into was a personal best so then it reflected so it reflected on him and then i think where the mindset was um got it one time in our rental house i i was walking back and forth with a sandbag in our own house because it was a little bit colder in england i just the humidity gets to me and it's just you know shut up or throw up that you kind of just need to get some of the work done and i did that and listened to it for a tea but um just what with the kidney stuff i was like i i have to i need to get myself better before i you know get back into it and then with rob blair we just have this hilarious um it just kind of a relationship of just movie quotes, you know, whether it's Arnie movies, the banter level is, um, it's pretty good. And just the teasing aspect. Um, you know, I, again, a philosophy, somebody that's been there, he has like the meat, the meat hook, um, world record within grip of the oh, David wow. Horn. That's a brutal lift. Yeah, very brutal lift. So, so you know, somebody else that I think it's that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just having those people that have already proven that they know what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. if you have that in your background, that's uh, that's where I think you just um, yeah, you you listen to those people and just the banter. You have to have that tone, and I think there's a time and a place for a coach to just say, you know, you need to quit your whining or you just you know, do what you need to do and come back up. Uh, Rob's seen me at kind of my worst sometimes. And one time we just had a session of me bending a nail because I think mentally we get exhausted or we ask too much of our bodies and just damn it, bend a nail and you feel better. <laughs> and I've, I even did that one day. I was frustrated from work, went out to my she, my little she shed, um, put on some eighties rock and I just, bent a little bit of steel and that's where you just think all right I've had my six seven minutes of just like all this effort and a bending steel and I feel a lot better and you you don't want to harm anybody <laughs> you what know are you bending right now oh, what's that sorry what are you bending 60 penny nails or um it it was just batched steel and okay. I think my best ever I did was 119 and I have this, this horrible, and I've kept it. It's almost like your disappointed trophy of 121 kilos. And it almost just like, it looks like a, um, oh, a boomerang. So I've kept it as a reminder that one of these days I I need to surpass that. So watch this space, but the disappointment trophy to say that one of these days you need to do better. (laughs) And it's good to have goals to, to uh, aim for. Yeah, I just got into bending a, a few months back, and I don't even know like the ratings of bars I've done, but I've just done some, some quarter inch stock and five sixteen stock, and just bent that and had fun with it. And it's a pretty neat little thing to get into. It, you can say that again. Um, it's funny, just 
it seems a little overwhelming at first, but once you get through it, then you're like, okay. And um, no, that's where even my husband said, because he does lawnmower racing and he can kind of do some fabrication. He just said, we need to, he just said, I'll cut some steel. And then whenever you want to do David Horn's um, competitions, then have him cut one specifically. So you're not, you know, paying out every single time. So it's just him making sure that you see what you're doing and then having a batch number. And I like that control light with the David Horns. It's nice how everybody, it, it makes it fair. Cause you know how there's that yeah. some person that wants to get on top of somebody else. And I, I really like how David's systematic approach that it's, here's the batch number and it's sent across all the world, all over the world to make sure it's fair. And that's what's nice about having some of these remote competitions. Absolutely. Um, I think a, a company up in Canada just started a, Ben Sport Canada just started a cert for women. So I thought that okay. was pretty cool too. Yeah. It's just nice. fantastic stuff. So it's growing for sure. It, yeah, it is. It, it totally is. Well, it's been said that I feel like, you know, that Jenny were one of the pioneers for strong women. I just think, I don't know if I was that. I was just that person that just wanted to have fun. And if I got more people doing it, great, you know. But yeah, if I'm going to be called a pioneer, great. But uh, yeah, I don't want to toot my my own horn that much. But if, if it's got more people interested and excited, then absolutely. That's what we're here for. We want enthusiasm and, and excitement in people. Yeah, we all want to be an inspiration. I don't know if we all want the responsibility of being a pioneer, but I agree. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely right. So what's your uh, big current major athletic goal? Um, so King Kong is, um, in the next, uh, well, next October. Mm -hmm. So we'll go with that. Um, and I heard, unfortunately, Bone Hill is canceled the competition in Finland. So that's a little sad because then again, that's almost like another competition of at four to five grip events. So that's always, that can always be fun. Um, and a random one, I'm walking on a fire. I'm doing a fire walk uh, oh, the 16th fun. of May to um, raise money for uh, prostate cancer. It's prostate. Just keep UK walking, cancer. you'll be fine. Yeah, no, no I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And keep then, yeah. It's not much of it, it's all mental. It's all a mental challenge. That's all well, it is. Well, that's just it. And I thought, well, if I had my own son, you know, with childbirth and, and I didn't even scream or yell I just did like six deep yoga breaths and yeah Owen came out just fine I, absolutely then I'd be the first one to go uh, go first but yeah know. I feel like uh it's similar to doing a polar plunge you know you gotta you gotta be pumped up and ready for it then you just gotta do it yep absolutely yeah. so you mentioned uh chi and martial arts how do you define chi what is it to you well, I, I have had a little bit of background in, in martial arts. I, I did Taekwondo and that was from like the fourth grade to about the seventh grade. And then that's where I kind of had my flow of, I need to do, um, I thought I need to focus on track and field because I just knew somehow I was going to get a scholarship. Just, I thought I might just, I, I knew I was going to excel at that. So Chi, I think, it's all around us. It's within you. And I think it's just taking those deep breaths and it's really focusing. And I, some of my best lifts, 
it's just like it's just the rhythmic breathing it, it's kind of invoking the spirit anything around you of just this just that's always been something that sound that's in the back of my head of um no it's muscle memory it's visualization um that that european record for the napalm's nightmare i visualized some numbers in my head the night before and um I just knew somewhere in the, every fiber of my being, it was going to be like 130 kilos and then ended up being 131.5. So and going back to that vi visualization, I remember in high school, just writing some of like my throwing goals down on this whiteboard um, on the kitchen refrigerator. And just then it's like, okay, if I've surpassed that. And I remember my, biggest gains I think it was like I was a sophomore in high school and I think I erased that whiteboard like three or four times so it was really nice that I kind of had the one of the one of the better years and then you know I think as a junior I was a little frustrated of um with college being up in the air like you know what are you going to do with your life and then a senior year had that but just Think it's everywhere just that chi it's just believing in yourself and it's finding that center and I, it's just having more oxygen to your body and just being ready and accepting that whatever feat of strength that you're ready for it that and try to make it light but don't expect it to be too light and just just be ready for it to make sure that you don't snap anything so i, I think it's just the breath Yep, I agree 100%. There's a lot of, uh, typically there's a lot of mysticism surrounding what chi is. And having yeah. been in martial arts all my life, I can tell you it's not, it's not a mystical thing. Um, it is simply a, a form of breath control, as you mentioned. It's um, using intentful breathing and awareness of what that's doing to a, a high level to where you're actually noticing the subtleties involved with your breathing. breathing. And mm -hmm. that's really, that's really all it is. Yeah. It's, it's getting as much power as you can out of properly using your breath, which of course we use in weightlifting all the time. We breathe down to our belly and brace and, and use our breath to, you know, express as much power as possible. In a way, chi is the same thing. You're loading your body, you're using your breath control, and then you're expressing your power in a martial strike as opposed to in a lift, but it's virtually the same thing. Absolutely. Yes. So I think it's good to get that out there. Um, so what are some lifestyle habits you subscribe to that help the average person getting fit at home? I definitely say drink water. I, I just, you know, it, people always dismiss it and it's just like, no, muscle contraction needs water. You need to hydrate. Um, just, God, you can't discount that. It, you, you need to be drinking water. Um, it's I such a good point. Like all the bending videos we, we see online, it's the best benders always drinking some kind of Gatorade or something right before they go for their bend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, I, you know, and especially now we're getting into springtime. Mm -hmm. Go and take a walk. Just go enjoy nature a little bit. Um, just warm up. Like I just if you, I for people that struggle to try to get outdoors, that it's like put another layer on. If you're worried about the cold, um. Or wear tights. That's the other thing. 
you know, even at my job, I'm in a cold warehouse and I, I dress for that because I just think my body is one of uh, my best assets to keep warm. And yeah, I just don't want to pull a muscle ligament tendon that now just, just keep warm. Well, it's about the same there as it is here, right? About the same as Portland. I, give or take, but you know, even at, in Portland, I am, um, Portland, I layered a little bit, but in England, I I have to layer like I never wore Carhartts in my life until I moved to England. It's just that humidity that it just it gets to your bones a little bit. And I'm lucky I'm on the southeast coast where, you know, versus inland in the UK, it's the humidity. It just it's even worse. But at least I kind of have the sea breeze that it's. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it robs your bones as much. But no. I, yeah, it's true. I mean, Portland's right on the Columbia. So yeah, I guess you had that situation here. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't remember being that. Yeah, just I remember layering a little bit, but not as much. And we used to practice on top of um, the athletic building of Portland State because they kind of had this uh, that walking track. Mm -hmm. we used to throw like in the upstairs of the, in the tennis courts and yeah I don't remember it was just like okay long sleeve shirt sweatshirt and that was about it fine and you kind of strip off in layers um no I'd also just say just for anybody to keep their fitness level um in high school we kind of had the lifetime sports kind of class and it was like the walking the bowling I but I think walking is the best thing to just go out there and, you know, you'll do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And those quotes are extremely important. Yeah. And I think anybody that wants to do either grip weight training is to start low. I even had some of the cross country runners in high school lift with me because I wouldn't ridicule them because it's like, okay, that's where you're going to start. You know, you and I are in two different sport or you know, two different builds, um, two different events. So it's like, if you have to start at five pounds, you got to start at five pounds because I want them to lift safely and not erratic. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's, again, celebrating people, their own success and then not always comparing yours. So they just need to start small. And of course, some of the lifting culture just you got to start big and that's it. And that's not right either. And that discourages a lot of people. And even growing up, I know some people would say, well, my mom wouldn't want to go to the gym when there's somebody like you in the corner that's just doing weights. And I said, well, I'm doing my own thing. I, I don't care what they're doing. It's not like I'm going to ridicule They're To me, when somebody steps in a gym, they're doing their, themselves a world of good. Absolutely. And I'm, yeah, I'm not going to ridicule them. It's like they need to start where, wherever they're progressing. I've just taken years, you know, it's what do you need to do is say, you know, I've been in the gym for 20 plus years. Do I need to put that sign on my back versus, you know, somebody saying, well, this is my first day. So we all have our paths, right? I agree 100%. And I mean, growing up watching people train online, you know, you, there's that whole mentality. Once I can bench 300 pounds, I'll put a video online and once I can, you know, squat 500 pounds, I'll show people what I can do. And then all you see is people lifting enormous weights. And then you, you know, you get demotivated from that. Like when I first got into grip, nobody showed off closing a gripper below a number three. Mm. Yet to close a number three is ridiculous. You have to yeah. have super strong hands to do that. It takes years for most people, years to get there. So 
I think it's good to, to hear that and to see people encouraging people that are starting out. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, what weird or alternative training methods have you come upon that aren't conventional that have helped you significantly in your performance? As I've touched on the yoga, um, that's helped immensely. And I think it's just unraveling some of the knots. You know, for example, I still on my back garden and my mom probably still hates it that I have, I have like a 300 kilo tractor tire. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's 660 pounds. Um, I have 175. That's a light one, but it's stuff like that, that, you know, not, not a lot of people are doing, but then as you've seen on CrossFit now, that flipper, you know, they've CrossFit's kind of robs some principles uh, from strongman, but you know, it's stuff like that. You have to unravel your body or um, some of the jarring from like doing a car deadlift. It's, Mm -hmm. it's that mentality. Um, It's nice since I'm a two minute walk from the channel that um, some of my strength buddies, it was like, oh, let's go jump in after. I'm like, sure, why not? Because of university always having the ice baths, Mm -hmm. that it's like, why not? We'll go have a swim. And one of my friends, Nick Swain, who I met through International All-Around Weightlifting, that I think it was like either Christmas Eve, something like that. We went in his little shed, lifted, just got our wetsuits on, and we were the only crazy people out on the beach, like just enjoying it. And plus, it was raining anyway. You were going to get wet, so so who cares? So I think, why not? and I think this was, God, almost 20 years ago now that Men's Health even said that jumping in to a pool after a weight session decreases soreness up to like 400%. Yeah. 400%. I mean, that seems really like a huge number. And of course, the statistic people like my husband are like, how can you get more than 100%? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. They're the university researchers. And I'm just the meathead that just spewed this because it was actually interesting. So yeah, I can't say enough about just sometimes just jumping in, you know, a cold body of water that it just helps clarity. And then I think from the book, um, Tools of Titans, and even some of the finish strong or some of the finish grip athletes, they do the same thing, jump in the lake or jump in their own cold pool. Yeah. It's just, it's just something that helps. It reverses Krebs cycle. in there all the time. What's that? Sorry. I see, I see the Stoltman's in there all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Always yeah. in frozen water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do. No. Uh, so you're familiar oh, with Northwest. We do Lake Merwin up here. So the glacier water. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the purity. Come on now. It's all the purity. It's it's a uh, it's all the deer piss, right? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you could start your training over again with what you know now, what would you do different? That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Um, I would implement some of the um the axle bar stuff, like um the two inch deadlifting you know, some of that, and again, grip, holy cow, just even the two inch dumbbells, fat grips, but that, what, that's, all that stuff has come out within, like, the last, well, especially fat grips, the last 10 years, so that would have been different, um, 
God, that would have helped transferred some of my discus. It, it goes back to the gripping of it. Um, God, even some of the tire flips, that stuff, I, th I think that's fun. Um, some of the sledgehammer stuff, you know, either taking a sledgehammer to a tire or um, this is kind of like my little token from Rob is just some of the leverage. Yes. I, just that has helped tendon strength. So we have much. a park called uh, Lever Ridge Park. We actually plan on doing a lever party at Lever Ridge Park this year. So oh, really nice. big levering. Yeah. Levering is yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, some of the mace bell stuff. Um, yeah. It's just the uneven conventional. That's, that's really what I've been making my brother do is mace stuff for his shoulder. Yeah, it's huge. It's just great. It's just because I think, again, it goes back to the grip. It's just something different that it just helps the uneven. What is it? Um, Rick Brown came to the commando temple and mm -hmm. uh, they called it like the redneck press where I think it was the mace behind you that, yeah, it, it's just some of the stuff like that. Um, yeah, we've been communicating with uh, Rick a little bit, the mace man. He plans on doing a visit here in, this, in the future once he can start traveling again. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Absolutely. No, great. I just, you'll love him. I, I just, great guy and enthusiastic again somebody else that just wants to spread the word yeah we're, we're big into the grip thing i feel that grip makes a huge difference for women in self-defense too i mean i'm sure you understand because being a martial artist how much of a difference it can make in your self-defense and you can grab and hold on to a weapon harder you can tear at somebody to get away easier i mean there's mm -hmm. a lot of things a lot of benefits from having a very strong grip absolutely 100%. So what's the most important piece of equipment you have in your she shed and why? That's a great question. And my little arsenal of, um, I quite honestly just say it, having a squat rack because then it's hanging those rubber bands to either with like pull up stuff or um, having the bands up high and then even just doing some lower ab work. Um, I think it's just having just somewhere just kind of to facet those rubber bands that you can do something else. It's almost like having a poor man's like cable system, yeah, so to speak. So I think just having that really. Um, and the other thing is, I think sometimes if you just don't have weights, it's like just go and pick up rocks. Again, <laughs> it just seems a little like Flintstones-ish, but uh, now I, I got some rocks. Some guy was, you know, taking some of his um, garden up and he had some massive ones and you just think, don't let those go to waste. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did the same thing. We have a ton of rocks on our property that we decided to put into a big garden and start rock lifting. Not, yeah, I did see that, all Not the different fun. names. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody that carries one 180 feet gets named after them here. So awesome. It is, uh, like it is a tough challenge, though. We still have a few rocks out there that are too big for us to even lift. We call them our. We have a few paperweight equipment items around here. <laughs> we have a 300-pound Atlas stone that's currently a paperweight, and uh, I'm getting a blob, a Fat Man blob that'll be a paperweight for a while. Um, an inch dumbbell that'll be a paperweight for a little while. But right. uh, we'll work at them, you know. Good. Oh, it's fun to have that equipment sitting there that's just egging you on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
before I let you go, do you have any advice for any other thing to say for people that are trying to get fit at home? Any advice for anyone? Keep consistent. I, you know, just take that walk. Um, you know, sometimes if it's the weather issue, try to plan your workout of, um, if it's going to rain in the afternoon, then do it in the morning. Or sometimes I think it's just great to get that workout done in the morning. So then I think as you grow older, then it's like people want to, oh, let's go out and have a beer. So I think there's that sabotage mm -hmm. that, or unless you're going to be really proactive to say, no, it's my weights night tonight, you know, can we have that like other drink or if you want to go out, do it another time. I think you just have to own it. Um, find some positive people to be around. So, you know, if your current gym partner's kind of negative, that it's, you know, life can be, you know, sometimes it, it can be negative. And if you have somebody that is negative around your hobby that you just think, that's just going to sabotage you again. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think, yeah, drink a lot of water, be consistent. Um, goal setting, you know, have a goal and reevaluate something to be realistic. And, you know, is this, I think, make it an importance of where do you want to be in a few months, six months? Um, you know, do you want to master pull-ups or do you want to have that taco sometimes? I, I think you have to really be analytical of, of what you want in your goals sometimes. That, um, you just hang a taco above the pull-up bar, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, now, because, you know, my struggle and I've, this is crazy, I never thought I would say this. Um, I've lost up to 35 pounds twice in my life. And, um, you know, one was health reasons and the, the second one was because becoming a mom and how just breastfeeding that naturally just, I, I lost a little bit of weight and it was nice to feel somewhat close to what I was in high school that weight again. And I thought I'd never see that. So um, I think it's just good to be addictive, addicted to being healthy and just having some goals or it's using my fitness pal if it that keeps you on track with um some of your diet and um yeah keep keep eating fruits god that'll that'll help you apples <laughs> just yeah no, i think you just have to really find the importance and i think finding grip it's finding a hobby that keeps you motivated and finding good friends it, it's funny that when I was kind of back home in Idaho after the Arnold's and then the pandemic happened, um, it was nice to catch up with, with some friends and, um, you know, we were throwers. That's the thing that some women go and have coffee. Uh, my friends and I, it's either we weightlift or we go throw with our kids. So, you know, and one of my other friends, um, Tammy McClure, that uh, she she was on um, Ninja Warrior. We were doing gripping in her, in her garage or her garage, sorry, and just that type of stuff. It's good to have other females that like to lift and just be active. Yeah, that Spartan and Ninja Warrior stuff has really become popular up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The muddy rudders and all that stuff. It's 
really popular here. And we got, we got a lot of those as into grip, which is pretty cool. Definitely. And that's where Tammy said, like, um, there was a few other people that she mentioned. I was like, um, I've heard of them, but I haven't truly met them face to face yeah. yet. I've, I've heard of their grips, uh, grip feats. And I was like, yeah, that's respectable, but I just hadn't met them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We had a Ninja Warrior climber come over here. He's like a speed climber and he hubbed the 45s, no problem, right and left hand, like it was easy peasy, you know, steps into the axle a few hundred pounds. It's like, oh, this is no problem. <laughs> it was awesome to see you know and he's like a 160 pound climber you know it was great mm -hmm. so uh his wrist work wasn't as strong but you know if he gets that he could dominate grip like crazy so that was pretty cool absolutely absolutely so um you mentioned flexibility i like that that was a really good point mm -hmm. uh, that's a huge thing i think people need to work on as well in addition to everything you said because um, yeah. I've seen I've seen a couple guys that have done martial arts that are real flexible get in the gym make a crazy mistake that you think would injure anyone and just walk away from it because their body just you know can handle awkward pressures in weird positions because they're used to grappling or rolling on the floor or just doing things in strange positions and they've kept themselves flexible I think that's huge absolutely and mobility and um geez all this stuff now and you're gonna laugh I because how I was having that tennis elbow thing, the new twister. <laughs> I have those right over here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like it. Just for even, yeah, just for, um, it was supposed to be a tennis elbow thing. And I'm like, oh God, that would have helped me. I think it's like the twister bar. I'll have to look up what it yeah, is. The bars. Yeah, the twist bars. But um, it's little things like that, that I'm like, why didn't I think of that with my tennis elbow? And it's like, that would have been my million dollar idea and to help other people out, but just mobile mobility and just using different things. And I think it's just varying your workout. And sometimes I think you have to let go of the systematic, like either three by twelves. And sometimes you just need to go out and play, you know, go and do push-ups off of logs or just go throw some stones around. I think you need to have a play day. And what I even got from Rob Blair is that go climb. Sometimes the grip numbers, you know, when you go down to a 10th of a kilo or something, you can't plan for that. Just go and do a climbing wall and it's amazing. Yeah. Agree hundred so percent. Just, just bearing your routine. Yeah. It's funny. Those flex bars are actually a derivative of a ancient Tai Chi piece of equipment called a bomb. Okay. Yeah, it's used in a similar manner. It's like, uh, it's more rigid and it's used for similar things of working your wrist, working your grip and all that stuff and, and working out tendonitis. It's pretty cool. Awesome. So um, we're gonna get you some potatoes here now. Thank you. Thank you yep. so much. So uh, what lift are you excited about trying on the potato? Um, the pinch, just why not go with the cool. classic pinch? That's, that's always a good one. And I just looked at your video before and I'm like, oh yes, I'm ready to do that. You know, as you say, don't touch underneath, just yep. um, definitely on top. So yeah, or even almost do like a two-hander. You know, I, I think, especially from um, our toast challenge that you just put up on Facebook, just it's good to try to get both hands yep. involved. We have a, uh, um, a battery hold that uses both potatoes. So it's like a front hold that's also awesome. required to to do a pinch hold on it so you can't touch the bottom when you do the battery hold so that's a tough one because you're squeezing plus trying to hold the weight up yeah so it's just this combination of pinch plus forward hold it is brutal 
the pinch is pretty fun because the, this side of the potato here is really flat. So it's completely flat for your thumb, but this side over here is like a blob. Yeah. See that's more rounded. So that's makes the pinch pretty pretty neat. It's definitely a puzzle of a handle. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like a natural rock for your hand. So it's really fun. Nice. Perfect. So do you have any questions for us before I let you go? Couch potato strong. I'm gonna pull a Bill Kazmaier on you. Um, what do you what do you see you guys yourselves doing in the next five years with with the brand? I want to start to infuse um, martial arts and grip, specifically self defense and grip. So like awesome. grip defense, if that's even a thing, um, because I my whole life has always been focused on self defense and not ring martial arts, not traditional martial arts, but literally training for what you're going to run into on the street. So we do uh -huh. a lot of grappling on concrete, which is really hard. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of drills that involve trying to get through a doorway with two, you know, big burly dudes standing next to the door trying to stop you. Um, a lot of grip training with like coated cloth, like cloth that's been coated in syrup or oil. To oh, simulate wow. Yeah, simulate dealing with a bloody situation and dealing with a bloody situation where someone might be wearing clothes. Um, so it's a lot of getting in the mindset of, of, you know, I'm holding on to what's important to me. And that's why I grip. So we definitely want to start to move it that way. Um, of course, we're going to be hosting more events. we got a couple events coming up this year. We're eventually going to transition to where we're not gaining as much knowledge from everybody out there, and we're sharing our own knowledge. Um, I, had, I got a doctor degree in performance psychology, so I'll be oh, dropping awesome. a little more psychological information for everyone. Um, other than that, we'll start to, um, we're going to start selling our potatoes pretty soon, but we're not going to actually sell the potatoes. You'll get a set of potatoes if you buy a t-shirt. So the potatoes cool. will always be a free thing. And um, so that will help us kind of get a little more focused on our training. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this year has been building up the brand, building up, getting all the information we need and talking to super athletes like yourself and Thank just you. uh, trying to get everybody excited, you know, in the Northwest. But yeah, our big thing is to try to reinvigorate grip here in the Northwest. It used to be pretty big here and they had like 20 years of rolling thunder contest and um, all kinds of big guys where, I mean they used to have Jesse Morunda used to be from here and I mean we have a couple other legends in our area so basically we're just trying to build it up get it going and then once it's going we're gonna slow it down and focus on our training and compete a little more nice we're also looking at potentially going from this little garage to a 24 by 24 uh, gym so we're looking at building up our own gym pretty soon stuff like that no, that, that sounds great. And it kind of reminds me of like what the Commando Temple has in London. There's a little bit of jujitsu kind of like mat room. Then you yeah. have just your weights and you have a whole bunch of anvils and kettlebells and no, sounds great. And I can't wait to see more of the vision. So no, that sounds yeah. great. Everything that just builds up quality of life. That's what we're all about. You know, also we'll start throwing out Tai Chi for the elderly pretty soon too and explaining some of that. Any, anything to keep moving. And I remember there was um, one gentleman in the Portland State Park blocks. I looked at him running and he wasn't like doing straight lines. I think it's kind of like in Western culture, the straight lines. And this guy was like doing figure of eights, like this snake. And I'm like, wow, it's probably getting his IT bands. Yeah. It's just, it made me think of like just different patterns and different backgrounds. I sat there and I just watched him. I was like, that's a really good idea. Kind yeah, of like, it's amazing what's going to happen with fitness over the next like 50 years. 
I think as all the training secrets are starting to come out from different areas of around the world. Absolutely. You can say that again and me come to the United Kingdom and with like international all around weightlifting and talking to other people, what they've seen or done. And especially strongman sometimes can almost seems like, it seems like, you know, physical magicianary kind of work that different tapes or different tackies. Um, you know, one time, especially for like the log press, what I learned off the Ukrainians was using like a wetsuit type of a um, top just to kind of keep that almost your chest set up to okay. that sticking point for the log. So it kind of kept you more upright. Yeah, I get that completely. So it's little things but like I've been, that. I've and been still in that high position way up here. Yeah. Double hand position. So yeah, I'm always thinking of like the Tai Chi exercises that open you up, you know? So I a hundred percent, I get that completely. Yeah. So now the little wet, it, the wetsuit shirt thing, I, I did like it and kind of gave you a little pouting with the yoke, but it was a little disgusting after a strong woman competition. I'm not going to lie. So, but I, you know, it was nice to at least kind of, you felt like you're a little bit more upright because what you expect your body to do sometimes is a, little out of control. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Do a strongman competition in a wetsuit. <laughs> it was just the top. <laughs> heard that it was before. just one of the t-shirts, not the full thing. <laughs> yeah. It's still, it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's a crazy statement to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can say that again. Well, I appreciate you joining us. No, thank you so much. And sorry about the technical glitches, but we got there in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you get this on YouTube, I'll throw it up on our channel. So it'll be perfect. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you so much. Take care. Yeah. Have All a right. good day. You too. All the best. Bye-bye.